Thank you for joining today's conference call. I'm Jim Doyle, President of Business Forward, and I'll be moderating our conversation. Currently, all lines are in listen-only mode. Today, we'll be talking with Steve Adler, Mayor of Austin, Texas, about how immigration reform proposals could affect local businesses in his city and what that could mean for the U.S. economy as a whole. We'll also talk about the role business leaders can play in helping mayors, governors, Congress, and the Trump administration work together towards comprehensive immigration reform, including high-skilled workers, seasonal workers, border security, and employee verification. We've heard from thousands of business leaders who want to do something to get America's immigration reform debate back on track. This call is a first step. Uh, and we'll have Mayor Adler will also weigh in on what, in what in his experience works and what doesn't when business leaders get involved. Uh, we're very pleased to welcome Mayor Adler. First, Austin is America's fastest growing city, a major tech center, and home to a significant immigrant population. Austin's public officials and business community know better than almost anyone how immigration policies can help or hurt economic growth. Second, Adler is recognized as one of America's most innovative new mayors. In just two years, he's emerged as a leader on urban planning and technology-driven solutions. Recently, he earned great praise for launching a crowdsourced mini-bond campaign to help save some of Austin's oldest and most famous music venues. For those of you who are new to our programming, Business Forward organizes local roundtables, Washington fly-ins, conference calls, webinars, and media trainings for more than 100,000 business leaders across America. We help business leaders advise policy makers on issues affecting their business. And if you want to do more, we'll help you write op-eds, work with local media, lobby Congress, or take whatever action you'd like. Today, more than 550 senior administration officials, members of Congress, governors, and mayors have participated in our programming. And this is all thanks to the support of more than 60 of America's largest and most respected companies. Before we get started, I need to cover a few housekeeping items. First, this call is on the record, and a recording will be distributed via email. Second, we are gathering quotes, comments, and case studies from entrepreneurs, investors, executives, and small business leaders about how immigration reform affects their companies. We would like to include your advice in our briefing and press materials, and if you would like to participate, please press 5 at any time on your telephone keypad, and we'll follow up with you uh, individually after this call. Finally, there will be time for you to ask questions and offer comments. You can do this in one of two ways. You can press 1 at any time to ask your question live, and it will put you in queue. Uh, or you can email the question to us at info at businessfwd.org. Uh, when we call on you to ask your question live, please introduce yourself with your business and where you're from. Uh, again, you can press 1 to ask your question live or send it to us by email at info at businessfwd.org. We'll add to the queue. Uh, okay, let's get started. Uh, please welcome Mayor Steve Adler. Uh, Mr. Mayor? Well, thanks a lot for the uh, opportunity to, uh, to to join everybody and, and uh, obviously, uh, immigration is a hot topic uh, these days, uh, and and we're talking about it a lot down here in Austin. Uh, a lot of the conversations we're having down here in the Austin deal with uh, with public safety, uh, because that's what's driving the uh, our sheriff to to do what she's doing, and with the support of our our public safety professionals, we also deal with the kind of the, the general morality and, and constitutional issues. Uh, but what I'm going to be focusing on here today in this conversation, they're really the the, uh, uh, the business uh, uh, ties to this uh, to this debate, uh, talking about some of the numbers that are important to to me as a mayor of a city that uh, is trying to be as innovative as we can and, and develop uh, the strongest economy that we can and the most forward-looking uh, uh, economic uh, base 
an economy that we can develop. So it's good to have a conversation like this that can speak to those kinds of issues because, quite frankly, the, the rhetoric is, uh, is, is crowding out, I think, the concerns of the, of the business community in this debate. Uh, so this is an important conversation to have. So first, I'd begin with just noting that, that here in uh, uh, Austin, 13% uh, uh, you know, to, to note that 13% of the United States is foreign-born, but, but here in, in Austin, uh, uh, almost 20% uh, of the Texas population uh, is an immigrant uh, population. Uh, a third of those are, are naturalized citizens. Uh, just over 30% are, are lawful and uh, documented permanent residents, uh, green cards. Uh, in Texas, uh, 2 million of our, of our state Texas-born children uh, have at least one foreign-born uh, parent. Uh, and uh, in Austin, in our city, 20% of our residents are, are foreign-born. Uh, Within that community, a quarter of our, our immigrants are from Asia, uh, which is the fastest growing segment of our, of our immigrant population. Uh, about a quarter of our fast growing Asian population is uh, Chinese, uh, and that's reflected at the University of Texas. Uh, Chinese students make up about a quarter of all of the uh, foreign students uh, on our campus. You know, when we look at the immigrant community here in, in Austin, uh, it's, it's the immigrant community that's really helping us meet uh, the, the STEM uh, challenges uh, that, we, that we have. I think it was uh, uh, Change the Equation. I had indicated that for, uh, uh, there were two and a half STEM jobs uh, for every unemployed uh, 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 STEM STEM worker, uh, and that shortfall is only going to get worse. Uh, in 2018, the United States is going to have a STEM shortfall of, 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 of 200,000 uh, graduates. Uh, look at the trends. Uh, almost two-thirds of the engineering PhDs from Texas schools were, uh, were foreign-born. Uh, over half of those that earned STEM masters or PhD degrees in Texas research Research universities, also foreign-born. Uh, you know, the current federal immigration policy is making it harder to uh, uh, keep these uh, folks here, attract these uh, folks. Uh, you know, only 7% of green cards are for, for economic uh, uh, reasons. Uh, uh, the uh, other countries are as high as, as 50%. Uh, we're talking about programs here that are really increasing the, the, the brain uh, resource and uh, stockpile that we have in this uh, country. Uh, and for, for a long time, that has served us really well. We're the, the best and brightest around the world uh, would come to this country to uh, get educated and to learn. And, and a lot of those folks uh, uh, end up... Uh, 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 staying here and, and building our economies. Uh, in fact, according to the Partnership for a New American Economy and the American Enterprise Institute, for, for every 100 foreign-born masters or PhDs who stay in the United States, uh, we have 262 jobs 
that are that are are created here, and that's because immigrants are more likely to start businesses uh, here. In in 2011, uh, about 74% uh, of the patents awarded to the UT system had at least one foreign-born investor. That's almost three quarters. Uh, immigrants twice as likely to start a business as a native-born uh, residents. Uh, a quarter of Texas business owners are immigrants. Uh, between uh, 2007 and 10, one of three new businesses in Texas founded by immigrants. Between 95 and 2005, 25% of the tech and engineering companies had at least one immigrant founder. Uh, that's important to a city like Austin. We like to kind of like to think of ourselves as the entrepreneurial capital of Texas. Uh, we're number one in venture capital, number one in patents. We're only 7% of the population, but we represent uh, a third of the patents and, and half the venture uh, capital. I point out as an aside that even the Austin mayor uh, has a uh, has a patent. Uh, not that that was the only reason I got elected. Uh, but uh, Kaufman says that we're number one in the country for startups now for two years running. CNBC said we're in the best city in the country to start uh, a business, uh, and and that's because of of who we are and, and how we live and and the value that we put in in the in the community here. Not the least of which, obviously, is the immigrant base. Uh, we have things like the Pan American Venture Fund and Accelerator, which is a thirty million dollar fund that where ideas are incubated in in, in Mexico City. Uh, and then they come to Austin to get uh, United States Angel and uh, VC uh, funding, get a little market uh, traction. We'd like to think that uh, Austin is the place where uh, ideas come to, to become real. Uh, and uh, our immigrant population and community is, uh, is a key component uh, of that. So on balance, I just think that the anti-immigrant policies uh, I think are, are going to discourage foreign investment, foreign uh, entrepreneurship, uh, the, the bank and resources we have that come with the uh, immigrant uh, population. Uh, we think that uh, comprehensive immigration reform would help our economy. Uh, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank uh, in, in Dallas uh, pointed out that U.S.-born workers are not being displaced by uh, immigrant labor. The wages are not being depressed by uh, immigrant labor. We have people that are feeling filling uh, different or additional needs. There are at this point about 325,000 dreamers uh, in, in Texas. Uh, we think that we would have a, a positive $66 billion economic impact if the DREAM Act were passed. Uh, and by 2030, uh, we think that passing the DREAM Act would create uh, almost 300,000 jobs in Texas. It's important for, for to, to, to dispel the old canards and things that aren't true. Uh, uh, the Institute for Taxation and Economic Policy uh, pointed out that unauthorized immigrants in 2010 paid more than $1.6 billion in state uh, and local taxes. Uh, they paid uh, over uh, uh, overall 29 uh, plus billion in state, local, and federal taxes. Uh, and that's a they are a <clears throat> net plus uh, to our economies. Uh, so in close, in Austin, 
we 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 build bridges, uh, uh, not walls. And the uh, so-called uh, Muslim ban it threatens our economy, uh, threatens our our standing. It it it, it threatens uh, uh, what is uh, the real some of the real engines that that we have. Uh, we're home here, uh, fortunately, in Austin to, to companies like uh, Google and, and and Apple, uh, and, and those are some of the the tech companies that are opposed uh, to the ban. Uh, uh, Silicon Labs uh, has uh, spoken out uh, strongly on this issue. Uh, we have at UT 100 students and faculty and scholars that are from banned countries. South by Southwest, uh, which you all are invited to, to come see. It's going to be here in about a month. Uh, it has uh, acts booked, acts booked from, uh, from, from banned uh, countries. Uh, a bad relationship with Mexico is bad for the Austin and Texas uh, economies, uh, threatening to tax imports to, to, to pay for a wall or otherwise going to directly impact our economy, uh, not to mention making our margaritas probably a little bit more expensive, uh, which is reason enough to go to the streets. Uh, this past fall, I uh, took a trade delegation of elected officials and others to Mexico City. Uh, it's real clear that uh, Mexico wants to continue trading with us and expanding that trade. Uh, we're part of, of the, 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 the program, the, the Welcoming Cities and Counties program, because we recognize that staying competitive uh, requires us to being uh, inclusive uh, of uh, immigrants. Uh, real simply, uh, bridges make money and, and walls cost money. Uh, you know, but if the ball does get built, I bet somebody in Austin gets rich building ladders. Uh, but it would be a it would be a significant setback, and it's just an important issue, not only for public safety, not only for the moral or constitutional reasons, but because at a really base level, this is uh, uh, as important an economic and business issue. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, uh, in terms of, of the role business leaders can play, uh, our experience in business for it is that um, there's always, there are always two sides to every debate on the extremes. Uh, in this case, you've got the people arguing for mass deportations and the others arguing for what's been described as full amnesty. And in the middle are people who are interested in talking about a pathway to citizenship, uh, interested in talking about employer verification, interested in coming up with a, a balance on low-skilled uh, workers and high-skilled worker, workers. Uh, and, and they tend to ask the same questions over and over again. And those are, um, what does it mean for my wages? What does it mean for uh, unemployment in, in my town? And what does it mean for my taxes? Uh, and that's why one of the reasons why we're organizing this call, because it's important for business leaders to help all those people and answer those questions for the people in the middle who need to be decided. Uh, from our experience, uh, we see the wall and the ban uh, as an opportunity for Congress to step in with something a little bit more comprehensive. Uh, a few years ago when immigration reform was uh, uh, progressing in Congress, um, in order to get it through, there was a, a, a lot of spending on border security uh, that was thrown in at the end to try to get it across the finish line. 
In this case, we're starting with the border security, uh, and it might be the comprehensive reform gets is what gets stuck into the bill in order to make it pass. Um, finally, just a point for those on the on the call: uh, if you're a business leader and you're talking about what immigration reform means to you, uh, it's news. Local reporters will be are more likely to cover um, what you have to say on a topic uh, than anyone on on either extreme, and so we encourage you to participate. Uh, Mr. Mayor, as someone who's in elected office, um, what, what are some of the things that business leaders in Austin are doing that, that, that work, that are effective, both in, with, with City Hall but also with uh, the Governor's office? Um, any advice you can share? Well, you know, the, I think the business community's uh, input and participation in this debate is critically important. Uh, I think people are expecting the voices that are occurring at both ends of the extreme. Uh, because we hear those so often. Uh, and I think you're right that, I mean, at this point, they're asking the same questions, and a lot of times they're talking past each other. And frankly, the, the, the ones at the extremes, I'm not sure, are as much motivated in finding a, a, a solution uh, as they are in engaging in the debate. Uh, and I recognize that that both rallies people at both ends and helps with uh, uh, political organizing. Uh, my experience has been that, that mayors, and business leaders are real practically driven. Uh, you know, from the mayor's perspective, what people want me to do here is not to engage in lofty debates, but make sure that I fill the potholes uh, and that, uh, uh, you know, the garbage gets picked up and that we're safe and our economy is strong. Uh, so it's, it's real practical for me. I think that when the business community steps up and speaks, it carries that same kind of message. Uh, because it, it's more almost dispassionate uh, discourse. Uh, so I think that the, the voice coming from the business community to say, uh, look, this, is, this, is, this has a real impact uh, is an incredibly important voice to say. Additionally, there, are, there is a lot of, of misinformation that is uh, out and about. Uh, you know, the questions that, that you went to, what does this do to my wages? What does this do to uh, uh, my ability to, to be employed or, or my taxes? You know, the objective information on that subject from objective providers of that information are what I mentioned in my opening uh, comments. Uh, you don't have to look any farther for us than the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. Uh, Pretty objective uh, body, not political body, uh, real statistically and data-driven body, uh, uh, came to the to the strong conclusions that wages are not depressed by immigrant labor. That uh, we feel they uh, that that fills a, a different need. Uh, the the economic analysis that shows that the immigrant populations add to the economy. They're not a drain on the uh, economy. That they pay more in taxes that they receive in services. So having other voices that can validate what is true uh, is also real significant. And then finally, in this debate, uh, it's too easy for people to dismiss this debate as a uh, 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 right versus left uh, discussion. Again, that it just makes it too easy for people to compartmentalize the arguments and and not really seriously consider them, uh, but to have the business community weigh in on something that is perceived by some elected officials as being just a, a left-wing kind of thing, 
uh, I think, causes uh, some politicians to pause for a second and say, well, wait a second, it's not as, as one-dimensional as that. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, uh, if you're on the call and you're interested in submitting comments, sharing a case study, or speaking to the media about how immigration policies affect your business, please press 5. We really appreciate it. Um, and uh, if you're interested in asking a question, please, please press 1 on your keypad and you'll be put in the queue or email your question to info at businessfwd.org. Uh, our first question is from Susan Jaime from San Antonio. Susan, you're on the line. Thank you so much, Jim, and thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I'm uh, Susan Jaime. I'm the president of Farrah Coffee International in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I'm happy that you're there uh, taking the lead and speaking about this very, very important uh, matter. I fall into exactly everything that you're talking about. I am a resident in the United States, and I was born in Mexico, and my business depends very much so in international trade and exports. Uh, I recently had the opportunity to travel to Dubai, and I was able to secure a contract in Dubai. Uh, the distributors are wanting to come to visit us here in, uh, in San Antonio, Texas, by the end of February. We did receive information from them that they're very concerned about their travel and that they're not longer secure or sure that they want to come and visit us here because all this different information in the band. So as even the beginning of this, it's affecting us tremendously. This contract for us was going to be over a million dollars, and uh, now we're not exactly sure what's going to happen because of the insecurity that is causing in the international market. Recently, I also happened to lose my resident card and I had to go and refile for my resident card here in San Antonio. After paying all the fees and going and getting all my um, uh, information and, and uh, pictures and everything that they do, they told me that my card is not going to get to me until nine months from now, which makes it very hard for me to travel anywhere. And for a business person that requires to travel internationally, I can't tell you how much this affects me. It seems to me at this time that everything that has to do with immigration, with uh, all the different opportunities that we would have to trade internationally are being demolished by all of this that the uh, White House is doing, and I'm extremely concerned. What is it that I can do as a small business, minority-owned business, uh, to ensure that my business can survive all of these different new laws and bans, and assure also those that I'm doing business with, 40% of the coffee that I buy comes from Mexico. And I can tell you right now that those growers are not happy right now with the United States. And I'm afraid that my pricing for that coffee is going to cost even more. So it's affecting tremendously. And it is uh, one of the things that I'm passionate about fighting and, and speaking about, but as a small minority-owned businesswoman, I can tell you that it's not easy uh, to get all the information that I require, and not only that, but to do business in this kind of um, situation going out here. So what can I do? Well, Susan, first, thanks for calling, and, 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 and uh, thanks for being engaged in this issue. 
uh, the, the anecdotally, what you talk about, clearly you're not alone. Uh, I was with, uh, not only do we have companies that, that are concerned about traveling here with scheduled travel, I had breakfast this morning in Austin with some of our C-suite uh, uh, folks on some of our uh, higher tech companies, and, and one of them reported uh, uh, just having lost a contract uh, with a company in uh, Australia uh, because the company in Australia felt like they needed to make a statement. Uh, they, they needed to, 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 what they said was put their, their money where their mouth was. I mean, that's just real, real troubling on, on lots of levels. Uh, I really appreciate the support we're getting from some of the political leaders uh, in, uh, in, in San Antonio, uh, but I know that they need, to, they need bucking up. I mean, they need to hear from, from folks in San Antonio. The San Antonio sheriff uh, needs uh, uh, support. Uh, the House delegation in Texas, uh, some of these immigration bills are looking like they're going to fly through the Senate. Uh, the House delegations are obviously going to be uh, key. So uh, you contacting uh, the, the, the legislative uh, delegations here in Austin, uh, as well as the, the, your congressional uh, representatives in D.C., I think would be uh, real important. Uh, you know, I would. I you should write a letter to the to the editor of the newspaper. Uh, if there are trade organizations uh, that that uh, are within your particular industry, I suggest you you jot them a note. Uh, that might be something that could get uh, could get uh, 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 published. Uh, but I think more than anything else, at this point, uh, we're kind of in this transition period or uncertain period. And I think that the most important thing that any of us can be doing is making sure that our voices are loud and that they're being heard uh, and that we're making ourselves part of the conversation. Our next question is from Joey Ficklin from Austin. Hello? Yeah, you're on the line, Joe. Okay, thank you. Sorry, lost in the context. Of it. I'm Joey Ficklin from Austin, Texas. Um, I'm the director of Maker Fair Austin, and I also own a cabinetry and carpentry shop here in Austin, Texas. I also am very familiar with the border areas. I was born and raised in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and have spent my entire life in the Southwest. I feel trapped in this issue as a business person, as part of the Maker Fair organization. We uh, are exposed to Intel and many of the high-tech firms, as well as STEM and STEAM education, and a constant um, effort to, to bring up the community's engagement in making self-reliance technology STEAMs and, and that type of education. And from that perspective, what I see in this, um, this uh, what is described as an impermanent ban, I see I see and I hear from my partners in that area a, a definite impedance. At the same time, on a personal level, uh, my business has suffered from property crimes three times this year. And in those property crimes, um, immigration was involved. And there was no ability to reach a resolution because, of, um, because there was no way to track the identity of the persons involved. So it's kind of like, as was described in the the prologue to this call, this sort of middle ground of where do we balance 
the idea of of you know same immigration policies and also some other you know real security and I, in some ways it feels like even in this community when there is a set of rules that should be followed and that it's the purview of the federal government whether they're making I don't think they're making good choices at this point but when an active local official is kind of working to attempt to gum up those works I feel isolated and I'm like well how do I contribute in you know business people want to make solutions how do I contribute in a solution like that when it when it feels like people aren't following the basic platform of government so that's just kind of question or comment out there thank you thank you Joe Joey, let me uh, one again thank you also for for calling and, and good to hear some hometown folks on the call here. Uh, you raised two issues that I think uh, uh, are, are worth addressing. The first is the the first issue that you raised with respect to the to the issues that you've had with the property crime and inability to find people because they're they're not uh, they're not documented and, and we can't find them. Don't know where they are. That's one of the reasons why I really do support a uh, comprehensive uh, immigration plan because what we've done is we've, we've driven this whole issue into the darkness. Uh, you know, by the policies that we've taken, uh, we've created this situation where there are too many people that are just are, are hiding uh, and not, not apparent. Uh, and obviously there are, there are millions of folks there. So, so a comprehensive immigration plan that allowed people and, and protected people when they came forward and, and were part of, of, of documented uh, uh, society, I think, would be something that would be uh, real helpful. Uh, the other issue that you raised uh, with respect to the, to the local uh, government official, the sheriff, you know, the uh, uh, obviously a difficult issue. A couple things on that is, you know, Austin, uh, uh, even with those property crimes, is, is one of the, the safest cities in the, in the country. Obviously not perfect. And we're safe in part because of the policies that were taken by our public safety uh, professionals, uh, which meant that we have a, a climate here where they can drive anywhere they want to in the city, where people who are victimized come forward uh, even those most vulnerable populations and the, the undocumented population, witnesses, uh, are willing to come forward uh, because they, they want to protect themselves and others. They don't want to be victimized, and there's not the, uh, the, the kind of the death penalty sanction associated with doing that. We, we could drive even those people uh, underground and into the darkness, but we know that we will be a less safe community when that happens. Exactly what our sheriff is doing here is it's real important to know that our sheriff is not doing anything that's violative of, of state or federal law. What our sheriff is doing in this city is our sheriff is saying, uh, we'll turn over anyone to, uh, to the immigration authority if they make a, a request and, and have an accompanying uh, uh, warrant uh, for their arrest. That's something very easy for the government to do. In fact, this past weekend, now that she's taken that position, there were 32 people that immigration services wanted, and they showed up with their request and with a warrant for each of them, and, and they're all being turned over. Uh, but it does mean that 
that it requires a judge, and it only takes a few minutes, a judge to say, yeah, we think there's probable cause or, or a basis here. The, the, the appellate courts, United States appellate courts in uh, uh, the Midwest up in Chicago said that to do anything else uh, is violative of the Constitution and would open their law enforcement people up to, 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 to lawsuits. So we're not trying to gum up any works, and the sheriff's not trying to gum up any works. Uh, it's, it's, and it was real easy for INS, to, I, ICE, the Immigration and Custom Enforcement, to get everybody that they wanted that uh, they had uh, probable cause to, to, to collect. But I think that moving to those more productive ways will, will pull people out of the darkness uh, and make it so that uh, law enforcement is a lot easier to, to happen. Uh, our next question is from Cindy Ramos-Davidson from San Marcos. Cindy? Uh, this is Cindy Ramos-Davidson from El Paso with the El Paso Hispanic Chamber. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I don't Hi. know if you remember me, but I do remember you and you working with uh, Senator Shapley a long time ago. I do, Cindy. Um, I had a question real quick. How is the city of Austin preparing to help assist those businesses and individuals who are going to be potentially affected by all of these administration policies. Um, you know, us being right here on the border, we are absolutely in a proactive approach as opposed to reactive to get ready forever what's coming down the pipeline, trying to be an information conduit and trying to grab it as quickly as we can. But we would be interested to see what other communities are doing to assist those businesses and individuals who are potentially going to be affected by what's coming down the pipeline. Well, I'd love to hear what you're doing in El Paso. Uh, first, uh, because if you're doing stuff that uh, we could be doing here to be proactive, I sure would like to, 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 to learn from you. Uh, you know, we're reaching out at this point to, uh, to other cities, the mayors of uh, many of the, or most of the, you know, the bigger 50 cities uh, in, the, in the country uh, to be able to compare notes, to be able to compare kind of legal theories or, or practical theories. We're out in the communities best we can. Uh, some of the programs that uh, are endangered by the, uh, the grant uh, withholding that's occurred here at the state level uh, that, that have uh, impacts. Uh, you know, there's a, 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 a crowdsource platform that just opened up yesterday or the day before that's raised over $100,000 uh, in that short period of time and continues to, to grow. What kind of stuff are you doing, uh, Cindy, proactively there to help? later on a state level. We're leaving for ODC in March and we're going to go hit all the people that we can possibly hit and talk about the positive elements of minorities um, and taking with us success stories of people so that they can see that we're not all what the media puts in the TV about being bad people, that we are doctors and business owners, that we are first, second, third generation um, and our commitment to America. I think what's not being said out there is the positive side of what immigration is all about. And I don't think there is a positive image out there of who we are because we are doctors and teachers and educators and mayors and, and lawyers and all of those. And so those are the kinds of things that we're doing collectively as a group and taking business leaders with us to share that story. We're backing it up with statistics and economic facts about the immigrant population, especially in our arena, and that it's not what they say it is because they make all these policies and rules 
that we have to live by, but yet they don't live in our border in our community. Um, we are taking members of our delegation with us that are kind of similar to us, like Kanako and Kanasintra and those kinds of things, so that we can show them what we're doing both on a state level and a national level and showing the people on the state and the national level how we really are linking arms and how we're intertwined. Plus, it's helping our friends to the South understand how to uh, navigate our political process as best we can. I think those things all sound great. It actually feels good to hear that from, from an El Pasoan. It reminds me of my, my, my decade working with Senator Shapley out of El Paso. Uh, those things all sound great, and we need more communities doing that same thing. Cindy, thank you. So, Mr. Mayor, we have time for just, I think, one more question, um, and uh, it's from uh, Jorge Canavati uh, from San Antonio. Hi. Jorge. Hello, Hello, Jorge. Hello. Hello, Jorge. How are you? Hi, Hello. Mr. Mayor. I am driving from Laredo right now and uh, doing business in logistics. I'm the president of Jay. Kind of audience company, and uh, just to—I was going to ask you another question, but just to Cindy's point, uh, being in international trade for 35 years, my wife and I are naturalized citizens, grandchildren of naturalized citizens from the Middle East to Mexico. We know how all this is really, really affecting us in our border communities and in Texas. And to Cindy's point, these decisions are really going; these Washington decisions are going to hurt. All of us, we know this. And I posted this on Facebook the other day. Just food for thought, wouldn't these communities be in their right to file for federal emergency funds because of the economic hardship that we're starting to see at one point? This is just something I was just thinking about, and I would like your opinion. Thank you. Well, at this point, I love all the creative ideas that, that we can hear, and I think we're going to be trying as many. So the federal government creates this problem, creates the emergency situation, and, and makes the cities eligible to apply for, for grant programs. Uh, uh, I don't know enough about the federal grant programs to answer that as an expert, but I love the idea of, 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 of making the attempt. You know, it's kind of interesting here in Travis County, uh, uh, in response to the, the governor stopping funding grant funding, there are some programs now that our criminal courts and family law courts can't fund uh, as the, the administers of justice for the state. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of the federal district judges don't start ordering the state to provide the funding for the programs that the state wants the, the cities to do. Um, so I think it's going to, there's going to be creative uh, uh, policies and creative attempts and, and creative things to, to have happen because these are very real consequences, impacting very real people, having real impacts on our economies. That uh, uh, that the practical nature of this, the real on the ground nature of this, is 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 truly what I think needs to be part of the debate. And I think the business community is is uniquely poised to to do that. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for your time. Uh, if, if, for those of you who are in queue to ask a question, please just send us an email at info at businessfwd.org and we'll be sure to forward it to the Mayor's office so, that, uh, so they get it. Um, and then you know, to those of you uh, on the call, we really encourage you to press 5 if you're interested in doing more. And, and just so we're clear, 
we're at Business Forward is here to help you write op-eds, work with local media, regardless of the position you want to take uh, or the effort or the points uh, that you think are important to uh, to to, um, to stress. Um, if you want to talk about employer border security or uh, uh, verification, uh, high skilled, low skilled. We don't care. We just want to get as many business people involved in this debate as possible. Um, the wall and the ban are creating the best, maybe the only opportunity we're going to have to get comprehensive uh, immigration reform done uh, this year, and we, we really need your help. So uh, thank you all uh, very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate it. And again, if you're interested in taking action, please press 5 and we'll get back to you right away. Uh, everyone have a great day. Thank you.